Hello and hi, welcome to another Slice of Sci-Fi. I'm Summer Brooks and with me today is writer-director Riley Stearns who has a compelling new sci-fi, I'm going to say somewhere on the edge of mystery thriller, called Duel, out uh, April 15th from our good friends over at RLJE and XYZ Films. Hello, Riley. How are you? Hi, I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. This is a crazy movie in a very quiet, slow-building way. And I have questions. Where did you come up with this idea? I mean, luckily, I have answers for these questions. So awesome. we're in the right place. I, uh, I mean, boringly enough, I the initial idea came from just wanting to see an actor act opposite themselves. And once I had that sort of uh, image in my head, I worked at trying to figure out how we could get to that point in an interesting way. Came up with the idea in 2016-ish, uh, into that year, that maybe we could do something where if you knew you were going to die, you could have yourself cloned so that you your family wouldn't have to miss you. And I, even though that was uh, intriguing to me, I felt like there wasn't enough there. Like it was, it was missing something. And so I started asking questions about the concept. And one of the questions was, what would happen if you went into remission? And for some reason, the very first thing that came into my head was, well, of course you duel your double to the death. And that's when <laughs> duel became duel. I feel like everything from that point just kind of fell into place. Like I knew what the beginning, middle and end of the movie was gonna be and really just spent the next year or so, I guess probably more like two or three years, uh, just sitting with the idea. I went off and made a movie called The Art of Self-Defense in the meantime. And when I came back from that movie and once it was edited, I came to the script for Duel and it's the movie that you see today. I have to imagine that there are, there's an entire arena full of therapists waiting to analyze this particular world that you've created because you basically said, hi, everybody's feelings that from people that you love count more than yours. So you can go ahead and die. We'll just replace you. You don't matter because we can replace you. I'm like, oh my God, do people hate themselves that much in this world? What happened? I mean, it's definitely an exaggerated version of our world. I mean, people, people talk to each other in a very uh, matter of fact way. I feel like people don't tend to lie to each other. They present everything that they say. It's a fact. It's, it's, it's their truth. And similarly, people don't respond to those truths in an emotional way. So everything has this distance to it, which informs the feeling of the world, informs the feeling and the tone of the film. Um, and then also, people, the way if people talk to each other that way, it feels like that informs the type of world that you would live in, where people would say, well, uh, if you've gone into remission and you can't like have two of you existing, let's just have them duel to the death. So everything kind of leads to the other thing. It's all symbiotically we're living uh, in the same space. Uh, but it's like you were saying where um, it, I feel like what was interesting to me, oh my God, I'm totally going down the path that I, <laughs> I yeah. So I just, I liked that it wasn't just about the family uh, saying like you're replaceable. I liked that Sarah is a person who, has no real reason, like no, like not as connected with her family anymore and maybe has fallen off and, and gotten complacent in her life, but she feels like her family would still want her around. And it almost feels more like she's coming at it from a selfish place herself 
Like, well, they will miss me and I will want to do this, even though she hasn't put in the effort herself to really warrant that missing. So there's a lot of stuff at play, obviously. And, and I felt like that's why, like, that's the kind of movie I want to make. I want to, I never want it to be just like clear cut. I feel like there's a lot of nuance going on uh, and, and fun paths to explore. Oh, there are definitely a lot of layers in here because the more I thought about what I was watching, the more I realized, I'm like, there are so many questions here. It seems like nobody had any real emotional reactions to anything. Nobody had any real, I mean, there was like two or three instances of like affection, shared mm -hmm. emotions, and even that seemed clinical. Yeah. And and I'm sitting here going, what happened to this world? And then I'm like, oh, five years of lockdown would do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like I I uh, I wrote like again. I came up with the idea in 2016. I wrote it in 2018, and then lockdown hit before we started shooting. So we were gonna originally maybe shoot in early 2020, but um, by the time that we came around to actually shooting the film, it was the end of 2020, and it's impossible, like I didn't change the script at all from when I first wrote it, but it's impossible for lockdown not to affect, even if it didn't affect how I directly uh, related to the project, it's impossible for people to watch it out of the context of having gone through lockdown now. And so I feel like watching it, you get that sense of loneliness, that sense of isolation that we all felt. And even though it's for a different reason, it's for somebody kind of starting their life over again, we get to feel feelings again that maybe we felt we're just now feeling it in a more alien sort of space than than our actual reality talk about the the cinematography the the, the locations you chose because it seemed like the world we see sarah living in and literally trying to learn how to fight for her life when it comes to the the announcement of the duel it's very muted very very subdued in like color palette and even like gray skies most of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we well part of the that is literally the location we shot in. So we we were in Finland in Tampere film Finland. We were the first film from the United States to ever shoot entirely in that country. And the reason we shot there was because of COVID. So when we were starting to shoot at that point, only a couple of films had started going back into production, uh, at least out of the context of micro budget movies that were able to kind of run uh, in their own sort of way. We had to actually go through SAG and all of the proper channels to make sure that everybody was uh, safe and testing. And I mean, so many hurdles to jump through, but Finland afforded us the ability to shoot in a country that was safe and handled the COVID uh, pandemic in a way that um, didn't spread uh, as, as much as other countries. And uh, they opened up the, the like doors for us and put out the red carpet and said, wherever you need to shoot, we can open up for you and we can make sure that that location happens. But the nature of that, or like, sorry, the, the weather in that country, just by the uh, location of it, tended to be more overcast. It tended to be a little bit more gray and muted. And we really just leaned into that look for the world of Duel. I love that it takes place in an alternate reality version of the United States, but you also have this architecture that feels foreign and otherworldly. It really just 
lends itself to the building of a world. And uh, whether it's the, the look of the movie, the feeling of the movie, or the way that people talk to each other, all of that, again, it relates to uh, each part and, and just helps fill out this space that becomes dual. The, the emotion, or rather the lack of emotion from Sarah when she's finding out making her decision about getting a clone to what was it like to help alleviate her loved one's pain after she's gone. Yeah. Uh, that her reactions, uh, the, the performance between, uh, Karen doing Sarah and Sarah's double was just a wonder for me to behold because you you can see they're both the same and then they both become different and mm. i wish i had seen i wish i had seen more of uh what uh peter when he first realized that there's two sarahs that he's going to have to deal with the old one that he loved leaving dying and the new one that's here to maybe replace her so he won't feel that i wish i had seen a scene where they first 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 met and yeah but I, what i like about that is that we've always from sarah's perspective only ever seen this disconnected relationship and we don't really know what they're like when they're in the room together mm -hmm. and i really loved that we just as the audience only stayed from that perspective and so even if that's something that that i think any other movie might show it was very important for me to just like where we meet the clone, we see that there's maybe some sort of a, uh-oh, this isn't going to go the way that Sarah thought it was going to go, and then fully leave out uh, 10 months of relationships and uh, uh, interactions and are just thrown into, this has been happening and Sarah's completely given up and has no hope. Uh, just very, very important for me to always stay in Sarah's POV. Okay. All right, I can see that. I can see that sort of maintaining the distance that she has always lived from when we've seen her. Okay. Talk about getting the different Sarahs into, uh, I guess, their right head spaces. So really early on, I had uh, quite a few conversations with Karen, uh, the hair and makeup department and the costumes department about who Sarah and then Sarah's double would be and who they'd become. Uh, pretty much right away just clicked with Karen and our general idea that they should pretty much be the same person, but just slightly different. And that as the movie would go along, you'd see Sarah, who at the beginning has kind of given up on life and uh, just coasting through and, and uh, being complacent. You would see that Sarah evolve into somebody who actually wanted to fight for her life and, and wanted to better herself and, and started treating life as if it was something worth living. And then by the same token, you'd see Sarah's double start in a place where she was optimistic, had everything at her disposal, and, and all options are, are there on the table to slowly regressing and realizing that she's stuck in this life that maybe she didn't ever really want to live. And so you got to see this like fun transition between the two characters and as fun and as obvious as that sounds, it's so incredible what Karen was able to do to actually bring that to life. And obviously I'm there to help and guide and direct, 
but Karen's the one who's having to actually do the heavy lifting there. And so took extreme trust on her end to know that I had the project uh, always kind of in mind and as an overall, but I always had to trust that Karen could walk that tightrope uh, between those two characters and boy, did she. Yeah, the 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 double performance is just amazing to to watch. Did you or she have any challenges with the way the the two of them were portrayed when they were together? I mean, technically speaking, it's just a very challenging sort of technique. You can if a camera is stationary and nothing changes, the camera doesn't move, mm-hmm. then it's very easy to just put a split screen between them and have them interact with each other and Uh, That seems easy on paper, but then once you start to uh, prolong tapes where they're on camera together, you you make you have to like really really ensure that the delivery of Karen's uh, body double and then scene partner, uh, who we would often do over the shoulders with, so it would look like it was Karen, but it wasn't her. Uh, Her name is Katarina. She's a Finnish actress there. She would have to read in a cadence that would match up with what Karen would originally do. Because if she didn't leave enough space or left too much of a space, then Karen wouldn't deliver the line in the same sort of way, and it would fall apart once you kind of put the two camera or two images together. So it was very challenging, technically speaking. Um, but I, had, I was always in the hands of uh, wonderful VFX people. Uh, our, our sound department really did a great job too of always playing the audio after we would get our take that we needed so that Karen could hear herself and act opposite herself. Um, and then I trust my, my DP and I have done three movies together now. So he and I came into this knowing exactly what each other uh, wanted and needed. Um, it's just a lot of uh, people coming together uh, in the culmination of all their work together to make sure that it seems like they're just in the room together uh, talking and nothing's, nothing's out of the ordinary. I, for one, would love to see a behind-the-scenes featurette on the technical side of doing those uh, scenes with the doubles together, especially the car ride at the end. I'm not going to give any spoilers to anybody, yeah, yeah. but this that whole ending sequence is something you have to watch to believe. Uh, just, just excellent job all Thank around. Thank you so much. <laughs> The movie is Dual, coming out April 15th, available on digital theaters and on demand, I believe, also. 15th will be just theatrical for about a month, and then May 20th, it'll be VOD and AMC+. Excellent, excellent. Riley Stearns, writer and director of this crazy, intriguing movie. Thank you for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. And we'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi right after this. Welcome to another Slice of Sci-Fi. I'm Summer Brooks, and with me now is actor Beulah Kuala, who is starring in a new science fiction, uh, I'm going to say mystery, because there is some mysterious stuff going on in this film. The film is Dual. It'll be out in theaters on April 15th, and... The premise for this movie is unique and crazy. We live in a world now where if you're dying from a terminal illness, you can enter a contract to have a clone made of yourself so that your loved ones don't miss you after you're gone. But if after a certain point in time you find out, hey, maybe I'm not uh, 
terminal after all. You and your clone cannot live together in the same world, so you have to fight to the death to decide which one lives on the rest of your life as you. That is so crazy. And <laughs> the performances in this are just mesmerizing, I'm going to say, because <laughs> everyone, including my guest here, Beulah, has just this, uh, just this way of not dealing emotionally with the craziness that's going on. Hello, Beulah. Hey, how's it going, Summer? So tell me how you approached this idea of you've just found out your partner's got a terminal illness. She's mm -hmm. contracted with a company to make a clone of herself so you don't miss her after she's gone. <laughs> and then she's not going. She's not dying. It's the, the craziness of how does how does someone's partner wrap their heads around that kind of thing? Yeah, it was definitely um, it was definitely interesting to do, to jump into Riley Stern's crazy <laughs> mind. Um, yeah, it was it, it was fun to be a part of, and um, uh, I, I I looked at um, Sarah's bubble as like um, the second chance at at love because he kind of you know they kind of fall out of love. You, you, you meet them at the beginning of the film and they've, you know, they're kind of just going through the motions and um, you, he gets a second chance at finding a spark again, but um, trying to see where that went wrong and not go down that path with his, uh, with her double. So um, it was definitely an interesting thing to try and figure out. For you, what was the, the most challenging part of the story that you had to perform i don't know if it was about the story but just the most challenging part about um stylistically how riley has his films is and you talked about it in the beginning um it's his the performances of his actors are almost what people would perceive like emotionless you know because it's real flat um but there's a it, it works out nicely because all the magic is in the words and what, what is being said, you know, that's enough chaos, you know, you don't need our acting tricks and um, bad habits to, 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 to kind of get in the way of what's being said, you know, and, um, and it, I feel like it makes it, it makes the words and, and the work stronger when you, when you kind of strip everything back to the very raw, raw routine. I'm going to make a bad word. Um, um, and, and and you you as an actor, I know I can speak for myself. You know, you're put in a kind of vulnerable spot. You know, where you, you don't have your tricks to rely on, and um, it was it was cool. It was cool to be a part of, and um, it, was, it was a great lesson in, in this movie. Yeah, there seemed to be sort of a emotionless quality to the physical side. Mm -hmm. But when you listen to how people were talking, there was definitely some some feelings being uh, expressed and suppressed at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. I, I feel like there's a lot said when stillness is a part of the film or when when you're holding back in the, on the emotions, sometimes, well, most times that makes it stronger. Um, if anything, it just gave me confidence in myself again to know that I can hold 
uh, a scene by not putting too much effort into it, you know, um, because it, it, it makes it stronger. Um, so, yeah. So do you prefer the, the, the more dramatic uh, roles over the more action-based roles? Uh, I prefer acting. I prefer working. So, <laughs> um, you know, whatever, whatever is a cool project to be a part of that kind of um, tells art and also uh, pays the bills. I'm, I'm a part of that world. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. So what type of, I'm going to say, what type of impression did you get from working on this film on on like the type of character peter was did it change from when you started to when you uh got to the actual filming um no like even even like pretty much what i had what what riley gives you is the ability to just to whatever you you're thinking is right and he'll make some adjustments on the day one time we compared notes um, me and Riley, cool little story. We compared notes of like, I was like, I, I got like a list of music that I think Peter would be into and the things that he would do. And I sent it to Riley and he sent me his notes about Peter and they were almost exactly the same. Uh, like he, he, he watched a lot of how do you make videos on YouTube, like how things are made. Um, and then the type of music he was into was very similar to what Riley had. And um, I kind of knew we were on the same wavelength in, in terms of that. And all that needed to be done today was just, you know, his stylistic approach to, to acting and, and have some fun. So, yeah. So for you, what was, was there a particular uh, scene or particular interaction that was the most fun for you? Yeah, or like offset me there's a couple of cool things that we got to do like in between scenes uh me and karen just we, we were just goofballs we were just mucking around <laughs> having fun and on set like there's a there's a cool breakup scene where it's pretty emotional for peter but i remember on the day i was doing my acting thing i call it the acting thing because it's kind of it was my bag of tricks and then riley was just like just say the words man it doesn't need any of it i was like you are totally correct. <laughs> and, um, you know, that I, I like watching you make that scene because I remember being in it and challenging myself to, to drop everything that I, that I knew and, um, you know, just, just follow the direction of the, the, the director, you know, and uh, that was cool to be a part of and a cool lesson to learn from myself as an actor. Uh, but one of my favourite scenes in the movie is when they dance, definitely. <laughs> oh yeah, and Aaron and uh, Karen dance. Nice, nice. So for you, what uh, are are you working on? Anything new that you can talk about? Uh, I I got Taika Waititi's film coming out later on this year. I think it's a it's a soccer film, nice. uh, starring Michael Fassbender. I've never played. Oh no, I played soccer one time. Um, I've never been a fan of it because it's so much running, and I'm not a runner. Like, <laughs> I, I got a good, I got a good hundred meters, and and doing a soccer film was, that destroyed me, and I didn't even play again. Uh, but it was just fun. That that was fun to be a part of because you know it was all my friends, Taika, and a bunch of other Kiwi guys came down and made a film, and that should be it. 
that should be a, a funny film, a very funny film. Well, as a fan of soccer, I will look forward to that one, definitely. Yeah, you're going to enjoy it. It's a true story as well, which is uh, it's fun. Nice, nice. So what do you like to uh, play or practice in between projects for your for yourself? What is, what is your uh, cool-down wheelhouse, I guess? I don't know if I have a cool-down. I'm always, I'm always acting, I'm always thinking, I guess, and um, um, no, I love the craft, like, I, I'm addicted to my craft, um, I'm always listening to music, watching things, watching how people approach acting, um, I'm always training, I guess, like, I, I train at um, probably one of the best MMA gyms in the world right now, it has, like, two UFC champions, and um, no, I kind of, I'm always trying to figure out how to grow and, and stay busy. And I hope to do that in this industry. So, yeah. Are there any particular uh, films or TV shows that uh, you like to watch to sort of maybe pick up some pointers from? I watch a lot of like masterclass and a lot of round tables on YouTube. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, like I don't even watch a lot of films with TV shows. Like I'm kind of a little bit like Peter. Like I, I'm a nerd <laughs> at, at heart and I watch a lot of like um, how things work videos. Like um, really right now, like on YouTube, there's a YouTube channel called Get Smarter Every Day. And there's a guy that I follow on there and he just like, he's just like, this is how submarine works. And my wife kind of like stares at me like a weirdo, but I'm like, yeah, this, this, is, this is cool. It's kind of like what I want to do. My brain just turns off and I just watch that stuff. Nice, nice. So for after the Taika movie, soccer mm -hmm. The soccer extravaganza, I'm gonna call it. What? Yeah. Uh, what are you, What are your your next plans? Uh, the next plans is to definitely do like a series on one of the those uh, like Apple, um, you know, the six episode series, Apple, Netflix, or whatever. That's 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 my goal to work on something cool like that, and then to make a couple more films and make a name for myself in Hollywood and let everyone know the someone kid from New Zealand is uh is dangerous and is the guy so that's what <laughs> I, I'll make it happen so yeah do you have uh any interest or an eye for uh directing someday definitely uh that's that's the long goal directing producing and uh, having my own production company nice nice what for you would be the most fun of directing something uh, just, uh, just to be able like to direct and cast my friends from New Zealand, kind of what like what Tiger's doing, you know, like he he's been doing that for years, and America's kind of just figuring it out. But all it is is just hire your friends, write a cool little thing, and just like we'll we'll play on set and figure it out. Um, so yeah, that to be anything to to give my friends a job and to direct them would be a dream. So having Taika write something that you would direct would be sort of like, you know, top of the mountain peak for you? Well, or just directing something in America and, and hiring a bunch of New Zealanders and being like, yeah, man, let's get that American money, boys and girls. <laughs> and, um, you know, let's let's show them a bit of Kiwiana, we like to call it. Nice. So uh, do you have a uh, social media presence where people can uh, keep up with what you're working on next? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my name Beulah um, at Beulah Quali on um, Instagram. I'm on Twitter as well, but 
I don't know how to use the thing, so kind of just sits there, and then I check on it every like year. Well, hey, keep keep posting uh, some like awesome pics from New Zealand to your Instagram, cool. and you'll be you'll be golden. Yeah, appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> well, Biola Quale, the co-lead of the movie Duel, out April fifteenth in theaters from our good friends over at RLJE Films. Thank you so much for your time today. Great. Thank you so much, Sonny. And we'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi right after this. Escape Pod is your destination for the best in modern short science fiction. Our intrepid crew of editors and hosts will bring you fun, thought-provoking, in-flight entertainment every week as the pod careens around the multiverse. In the mood for a classic, we've got Anson Mount, also known as Captain Christopher Pike, reading Theodore Sturgeon. Want something a little more up-to-date? Jennifer R. Donahue's surveillance fatigue has you covered in every sense. From classic space opera to intimate character drama, from heroic alien pets waiting for their families, to herds of literal Einsteins and the benevolent conspiracy they're hatching, Escape Pod has it all at escapepod.org. So buckle up, because it's story time. Hi, this is Barbara Crampton, and you're listening to Slice of sci-fi. Ooh, scary. And once again, the movie is Duel, spelled D-U-A-L, out from RLJE Films in theaters on April 15th, so that means you can go see it. And will be available on demand, digital, streaming, and whatnot through AMC Plus as of May 20th. So keep an eye out for it. This is a really, really thought-provoking film. And uh, yeah, I would watch it again because I know I missed a few things. But it's compelling enough, especially the characters, that it's, you know, to me, for me, it's worth a second watch. If you plan on seeing the movie or have already seen it, let me know what you thought. Uh, this, like I said, this one has a lot of interesting, I'm going to say quandaries of the potentially ethical variety. Maybe a little bit in that gray area of morality as well depending on how you feel about <laughs> how a society comes up with a way to dispose of a clone that you don't need anymore. Hmm. Anyway, let me know. Give me a call. 602-635-6976. Leave me a voicemail or shoot me an email. Summer at sliceofsci-fi.com. You can listen to Slice of Sci-Fi through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Player FM, 
and iHeartRadio. And if you're listening through Apple or Stitcher, please consider leaving us a review. Uh, Help signal boost the show. Let people know you're enjoying it, and maybe that's reason enough for them to check it out for themselves. And you can also leave a review or rating for us over at Podchaser. You can follow us on Twitter at Slice of Sci-Fi. You can start conversations up over on Twitter because that's where I seem to live lately. (laughs) But ask a question over there. Or, as always, you can come to the website, sliceofsci-fi.com, and leave a comment in the discussion section for this episode. Or, if you have questions on other interviews, in that section for that episode as well. That didn't come out how I meant it, but you know what I meant. (laughs) I'd like to thank everyone who is currently helping to support Slice of Sci-Fi, your efforts, your donations, your pledges help us keep things online here. And for that, I am grateful. You can add your support by going to Patreon, patreon.com slash slice of sci-fi. Pick a tier, any tier, and you will become eligible for perks. Every month I pick a winner out of the email hat, so to speak, and that person gets to choose their perk. It can be a DVD, a Blu-ray, a 4K, or a book. Many of the materials I get to review here and at Writers After Dark, I can't keep all of it. I don't, I just don't have the space. And that means supporters, listeners, and fans of the show get first dibs at some of the stuff. Because you deserve it. And that's that's my way of saying thank you for your support. If you'd like to donate in other methods, the links to use are paypal.me slash sci-fi summer and ko-fi, ko-fi.com slash slice of sci-fi. You can also help support things by showing a little affiliate love through purchasing some of these movies, TV shows, and books through sliceofsci-fi.net. We're working on putting up the curated lists, uh, favorites from all the contributors here, including Noah, Darren, Lewis, and Claire. So keep an eye out for that update. But uh, right now there's a very, very, Small selection of items to browse over there. That, again, place is sliceofsci-fi.net. And that'll do it for this episode. I want to thank you all for listening. We'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi next week. Take care. Mm -hmm.